cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue it world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue it world. Welcome to episode 32 of The Hopeless Show. This is our Thanksgiving special. I am Rohit Thwani, and here is our co-host, Aaron Wolf. Yeah, today is a really special episode. It's like those very special episodes of TV shows. Like This Is Us, I think, does it now. I've never watched it. But I feel like they have a very special This Is Us every episode. Because someone like dies or cries or something bad happens and then happy happens and something. So it's this is our very special Thanksgiving episode of the Hopeless Show. And this is it's us. Our f- this is Rohit Marin. This is us. And you know what? Pre- be prepared to cry just like uh, we're going. We're going to try and engineer it just like those writers on the ABC hit sitcom uh, try to get you to do. And um, you know, one of us is going to die because of like a toaster oven or something that is going to, I don't know what happened. That show sucks. But I think the guy, like the dad, he's been like almost dead or about, they haven't showed how he died in like years. I don't know. Um, I've never even seen it, but I just know from the, uh, from the promos and the commercials that it's like every, every commercial and within 30 seconds, I've gone through like seven stages of emotion. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. I watched the first season and it was just so, like transparent it's like okay okay this is exactly the situation we want people to cry crying is what gets us tweets and that and it's just it's just so transparent and everything is so dramatic yeah i i I couldn't stand it so Um, that's why we're gonna do exactly what they do with this episode yeah Uh, because we're gonna try to find instead of finding hope in all things hopeless because it's the thanksgiving episode we're gonna find thankfulness in all things hopeless. And we're even gonna, instead of the hope gong, we're gonna have different gongs of animal noises because I couldn't find a turkey because we don't have a good enough soundboard yet. So for example, one of them will be a rooster turkey. That means we're waking up to the possibilities. Yes. Or if you want to trunk ate it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cutting, cutting the topic short. Yep. So we have lots of options. Uh, and I guess we'll start with the news from the quarantine, right? Because we're definitely quarantine. Quarantine is back in style. Uh, we're going to dive into a lot of that. But just one thing I want to share is I'm a uncle. So that was big news. Congratulations, Aaron. Yeah, my uh, my sister had a little niece. So I am an uncle now and it's really cool. Like I feel like I'm somewhat responsible to make sure that she experiences all the things her parents won't let her experience. It's, you know, and 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 the whole point of being an uncle is you get to do Yeah, you're right. You get to do all the stuff that parents aren't able to do with none of the responsibility. Like as an uncle, 
like your job, part of it is to show the kids horror movies well before they're supposed to, right? Yeah. So you can have see them be scared. It's hilarious. Scar them for life, but it's nothing, no skin off your back because you're just a funny <laughs> uncle. So yeah. you're just great. Uh, or like I'm gonna give her her first beer when she's like four, and yeah. I did that with my cousin. He turned out he's turned out well. He's like ten now and awesome. I gave him yeah. I, I had him ha- have a sip of beer at a uh, Blue Jay game in Toronto, I think, or a Dodger game in LA, one of them. And uh, and I put it on Instagram and his mom, my other cousin, like was pretty furious and she said, take it down, but I didn't. And so, so still, if you go to my Instagram, uh, you'll like deep down, like a number of years ago, you'll see him, me handing him a sip of beer. So, well, you know what, then I, I think that's like, we could probably set a timeline for this. So beer when they're four, a fifth yeah. of vodka when they're five, yeah. um, some weed when they're six, um, an eight yeah. ball when they're eight. Like there's, <laughs> you know, I think that there's, there's so many, um, you know, so many milestones that you as an uncle can be there for and can really sort of create traditions. And I think I'm really excited for you to do that. That's, uh, that's, you know, we all have hope. We all need hope. And this brings me hope as an uncle. Uh, now, can I just tell you something that happened in the in the quarantine that made me feel laughingly like it was like wow that's what it's like to be a dad. Uh, I was watching a dad and a son at a driving range hitting golf balls, and I was just observing them. And the dad was like the cocky dad who like knew how to golf, right? And his uh-huh. son was like sucking at golf like he just kept hopping the ball and was obviously terrible son was probably 12 ish um and then the dad was like telling him all this stuff like he's expert golfer dad and then he goes to show the son what to do and he's way worse like he topped like the first seven balls and he's like, no, and this is how you swing, and this is what you do with your back leg, and this is what you do with your wrist, and this is what you do with that. And then he goes, winds up the swing, hits the ball four feet. Oh, honestly, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. That is just that is. He terrible. kept going like he was an expert. Still, it's like, dude, you don't know what you're doing. Like maybe there's a reason your son is so bad. It's because <laughs> you're such a bad teacher and bad golfer. Just let him like do his thing. It was really funny. I just couldn't stop cracking up and they looked over at me. I was just like, never mind. It's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's the it's the grass. The grass over there is funny. That's so good. That's so good. Well, Aaron, why don't you tell why don't you tell everybody about you know, we talked about the theme of today's show about thankfulness. Um, in terms of, you know, finding things to be thankful for in situations where we feel like this, there, this is, this is hopeless. Um, there's nothing to be thankful for. We're going to extrude that. Um, I love the fact that, you know, that you, you talked about this, this father, it's on the driving range. Now what, what's, what, what sort of thankfulness can you pull out of that one? Well, out of that one, I was really, really grateful and thankful for that moment in my life to be able to observe this atrocity of a father trying to teach his son. I just felt like, man, if I ever have a kid, I'm going to make sure that if I teach him something, especially athletic, that I'm like good at it first, because so it was a good lesson. It was a, it was a lesson in thankfulness. Okay. Okay. I was taught, I got taught some fatherhood things that 
I'm going to take with me. Like, don't be like the worst golfer ever and teach your son and like talk to your son, like you're better than him and then suck. Cause there's yeah. always someone watching. So, well, so this man walks so you could run, you know? So yeah. I think he, he's setting you up for, to do not what he's doing. Uh, that's great. And, yeah. and yeah, it was really, it was great. It was a great moment. It was really a highlight of 2020. You know, and, and I'm happy that because as we're getting close to the end of the year, there's been very few highlights, true highlights. So true, truly there was another, another one from the quarantine as we think of thankfulness. I, and it's going to, we're going to dive into things that are a little bit crazy that you would, wouldn't find hopefulness or thankfulness in, but there is, and we'll show you. Uh, and one thing, cause you know, our movie tar is out streaming everywhere recommend you watch it over the holidays. It's a perfect holiday movie uh, to just bring the family together and have some fun adventure. So I've been calling it Targiving instead of Thanksgiving so that we can all have a little tar in our lives and have a little fun adventure in our lives. And then I saw something in the news from the quarantine that was really made me hopeful. And it was like someone giving back. And that person was Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, Trump's lawyer, he went from like the mayor of the country to being the abomination of the country. Just a real- Yeah, I mean, first of all, even before you get to that, before before you go further, it is kind of wild that this is a guy that, you know, he like cleaned up New York City. He made it like, he got, he got rid of all, so much of the crap. He like cleaned up crime, did all that. And 9-11, amazing response. And then he did like literally a polar- opposite straight up 180 and undid every great thing that he did and just but and you go on i just wanted to sort of set that up for everybody that this is like the ultimate heel turn um like over the past few years with this guy yeah he's the heel turn uh and it's and speaking of turns what happened to him you know you would think it was hopeless because it actually looked like little drips of turd were coming down from his head during his a big press conference where he was just spitting lies about fraud. I don't even know what he was talking about. I didn't watch it, but I definitely saw the clips of him sweating and boy, was he sweating and boy, was it weird because it was Brown. And so I thought this is a hopeless thing. This whole press conference, this whole him talking about fraud, cause he's Trump's lawyer, all this stuff, which is just all BS. I mean, none of it. It's just, it's them just making up fantasy land. It's like, you may as well just make a bad Disney movie, uh, like an evil Disney movie. And, but then I thought, wait, Rudy is giving back to me, to our movie, because maybe just maybe Tar has attacked Rudy Giuliani and the tar is dripping from his head because oh that's God. kind of what it looked like. And so I went on Twitter and posted about it and stuff because I was like, this is awesome marketing for our movie. Rudy Giuliani is single-handedly marketing tar with his face dripping of brown stuff. <laughs> so that was tar giving to me. I mean, honestly, what you should do um, is design a poster, a new tar poster, like an alt version with that shopped in and yeah. then just use that to promo. I mean, that's really... Who would have thought? I mean, everyone was just think, thinking it was hair dye, but now it was tar. It was tar. Um, it wasn't hair dye. Apparently it actually wasn't hair dye. It was mascara. 
is what hairdressers said. He puts mascara in his in his sideburns. Uh, Jesus. So for all these manly like conservative guys who are all about masculinity and we're tough and stuff, like so many of them use like mascara. It's like weird. Not exactly. I mean, but but I'm saying you are manly. You've just been attacked by the the man of the tar. Yes, yes. It, it's it's and he and he's still there to to tell the story. So there yeah. is maybe some some good stuff going for him. Um, you know, if more conservatives could kind of stick with like the Romney sideburns, he just let that shit go gray, the gray oh, temples, yeah. and yeah, it works for him. Um, Romney just looks handsome. Yeah. So Aaron, I feel like we've kind of been bearing the lead for a couple weeks. Yeah. Not just for episode thirty-two, nope. not just for episode thirty-one, or even thirty. I think what we need to talk about, and there's 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 an elephant in the room, and we want to address the mystery of the missing episode 29. I'd love to kick off the podcast and sort of like, let's have a discussion. What happened? What can we tell our listeners? Well, this is the thing that's really interesting. It's pretty creepy. Is we made an episode 29. Right? We did it. And it's one of those, it's like 2020 has all these weird things that have happened. And all these odd things that just keep happening and stuff. And our episode 29 disappeared. And we don't know where it is. And we need your help. Because we can't find it. And we know it has the biggest juice, some of the biggest interviews. It was our big episode. And it's missing. Do you have any clues or hunches? Because quite frankly, I think we have to find it. I think we do. And honestly, there's, I know we're not allowed to really say why, but what I am curious is this missing episode, which I do think we will at least take parts of or hope to take parts of and re-release into a future episode, which we will dub episode 29. And even though we're, you know, I think we will go back and then we'll resume where we left off. Um, I, I'm wondering, do you think that this is something based on sort of the discussions that you and our producer, Tim, have been having? Will the audience, do you think that they'll ever get to experience episode 29? Or is it something that we can always remain mysterious about and shroud that mystery to kind of, uh, you know, create speculation around our show, which could be a good thing. Um, so, but what do, what do you think might happen, Aaron? I think we need our audience's help. Okay. Because the more that you, the audience, can uncover clues, the better chance we have to find it and to be able to uncover it. And without the audience, I don't know what's going to happen because we're we're lost. We can't we can't find the the full the full uh, the full episode, and we need you to help us, the audience, figure out what's missing, why this episode is gone. And the more you can uncover, the more we will then be able to get to the bottom of it to get it to you. Because trust me, it's worth it. Yeah. So, and it might be having to do with, with some, you know, maybe someone that was going to come on the show or already did. And maybe not. I don't know. It could be. It could but if be. that's a guess that you want to throw your way, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe just throw out some names. Maybe if the audience is listening and if we can, if that can sort of refresh our memory, maybe we can then go and find those files. Um, yes, we need that. And maybe the episode also got COVID. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. It wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So regardless, episode 29 is something that we do hope to revisit. We do hope that um, you guys would be excited for it if and ever we can get to it. And if not, we're just going to keep playing this game and, and maybe if one day you guys will guess it. Um, but um, yeah, we wanted to acknowledge that because we actually have, um, I've gotten texts from a couple people being like, you guys skipped one. I'm like, yes and no. Um, so. <laughs> and speaking um, of guests, we do have after our special Thanksgiving episode, we have some really cool guests coming up in December, which is going to be, which is going to be fun. But again, you, the audience need to help us uncover this episode as we bring more episodes. Cause 29 right now is just going to be stay empty, empty in your hearts, empty in our hearts, empty in our souls. But yeah, we'd love guesses. We'd love guesses as to why or who or what. Yeah. And then hopefully we can then unveil it. Um, so let's move on. So uh, we are going to go, we're going to go kind of rapid through a few different topics that, you know, um, recently have generated some hopelessness. And what we are going to do is going to extract that thankfulness from each of them. Yeah. Um, Aaron, why don't you kick this off? Well, this was, there's a, a big hopeless thing going on in uh, Georgia where there's these two Republican uh senators that are running for office again and both of them are evil like kind of bad really bad people actually one's an anti-semite who made uh, the candidate osoff uh made posters go around with his nose bigger they elongated it because he's jewish which is exactly what hitler did in in nazi germany with jews so his name is David Perdue. If you're in Georgia listening, don't vote for that guy. If you're Republican, just don't vote if you don't want to vote for the other guy. But this is a bad person. Um, and then the other one is a woman. I don't even know. Is it Leifler? I don't know anything about her. So Leifler is running against Reverend Warnock. She's already senator. And she did an insider trading thing with regard to COVID where in March, the day before it was announced that COVID was here and there's going to be shutdowns, she sold a ton of stock knowing that this was coming. And she's done a bunch of other things for the state of Georgia that are really wrong, where she's withheld money for health, help and stuff like that. Really bad person. And then she's running against Reverend Warnock. The, all these, these two runoffs uh, are January 5th. Reverend Warnock seems like just a great human. And so I've been hopeless about these two candidates because not only are they, do they stand for things I'm against, but they actually are crooks or anti-Semites. I mean, you know, you name it. And we don't want that on either side. The logic party, our, our party the law of logic, the logic party would say, you don't want crooks and you don't want uh, anti-Semites in the Senate. So, but this reverend did something amazing because, of course, this Leifler woman, Loeffler, Leifler, got, uh, of course, just like all of them seem to get on the right, she got COVID. And like a couple days ago, and they all seem to, it's like, it's like they just, like Rudy Giuliani's son got it, Don Jr. got it, like 25 of the senators have gotten it. None of the Democrats have gotten it. It's, it's like, wow, 
And then a lot, some of the Republicans, once they get it, then they're like, this is real. And I am mad about it. I'm like, you are so selfish. <laughs> You've known this the whole time. And until it affects you, you don't care about anyone else. So that's another story. But the Reverend came out and offered prayers for her and said, he prays and he's going to go pray at his church for her to get better. An African-American pastor or uh, Reverend who, uh, went and prayed for his enemy, who he also knows is a crook. And that to me shows that there's a lot of hopelessness in this woman, but there's also a lot of thankfulness in that there are people like Reverend Warnock who are out there, who are able to put aside all the crap that she spews and all the evilness that she's done to actually pray for her. And I just thought that was beautiful. Uh, that is, I mean, it's the same way that, you know, even, uh, you know, when, when, when Joe wished, uh, Trump well, when Trump had COVID and, you know, I think there is a return to decency. Um, you know, I think, I think Reverend Warnock was also probably pretty savvy. You know, I mean, the fact that he's running for Senate, um, that he knows is a good move. And I'm glad that, you know, even though I, 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 I generally don't trust any politician ever. Um, it's good to at least for them to be setting an example, at least well-wishing, um, regardless of where it came from. I think that's, it's a positive, very positive start. Um, so that is good. Good stuff with, with Reverend Warnock. Yeah. Let's hope he, uh, he now wins. Fingers crossed. We don't, we don't need the crooks and that other guy, Purdue, I really hope loses because he's anti-Semitic. And I think that anti-Semites shouldn't be in a big public office. Personal opinion. Maybe people agree. Maybe they don't. I think Not it's a quite big a reasonable opinion. Uh, so let's keep it going. Yeah. So Rohit, that was that was good. I liked how you, um, you know, don't trust anyone, but you kind of trust Reverend Warnock now. And didn't say that. <laughs> oh, okay. You kind of think he might be okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. This is the whole thing with, with this show, too, and, and finding thankfulness for you, for the audience, for us, for Thanksgiving, is it still might be kind of hopeless, but it's a lot better than being fully hopeless, is to have a little bit yeah. of thankfulness. And this is where COVID comes in. Curious what you think about this. COVID, as I've been thinking about it, and as it's back, it's like when... This is an old reference, but when, when Arnold Schwarzenegger came back for Terminator 2, he's like, I'm back. That was actually his line. You'll know I'm back. Uh, COVID is doing the same exact thing. It's really back. Like it, People thought it was maybe going to go away. Some people. It is back. The U.S. has done the worst job of any country. Any, at least for a world country. It is back. And we were like, not ready for any of it because we have been led with our leadership has been uh, a joke. Actually, Obama said, if we had acted like Canada had with the virus, there would be, we'd have 33% of the COVID and 33% of the deaths that we have now, which is wild. But here's where I find hope in COVID, not in the deaths, not in the sicknesses, not in what it's done to the country. But in general for the world, it feels like it was the thing that made that, that the world needed as a wake-up call for climate change, for realizing what does 
matter most, what is most important, that we actually really all do need to work together, especially once this administration is gone and the new administration comes in, that we really need to work together to get the biggest things in order because guess what we can't control? Pandemics and climate change and the world shifting on us because that's bigger than any one person, any one ego, any uh, anything. And it kind of, I think, took a pandemic to start to reset some of what uh, was going on because we were headed down a really bad path. And so I feel thankful for what COVID can hopefully bring to 2021 in terms of a reset. What do you think? Well, I think I, I, th I think I'm with you there in the sense that this is the one thing that the entire globe, you know, there's a whole thing called, you know, uh, a, a sort of the idea of like survivors, people that survive a tragedy together are forever inextricably linked. For example, when people survive a plane crash, it's generally those people that live from the plane crash or whether it's a terrorist attack or something like that, that they're all in the same space together. They often have these bonds for life and it's something that only each other can understand, but they are intricately connected for the rest of their lives. Um, now, that comes through tragedy. Now, this is the first time we've seen it on a global scale in such a condensed time. So I do think that maybe there is this sort of survivorship bit of unity that could possibly come. And I think this planet and this world will never, ever, 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 ever find peace. It will never be united, truly. That's just not how human beings work. You know, if you, if you take away all religion, people are going to be fighting over science. You take away all science, people are going to be fighting over the next. You know, there are always, there's always fighting and humans are meant to compete and they're meant to fight. Um, however, at least this is one time where everyone is going through something that is quite traumatic at the same time. Every, no country has been free or been able to escape with it. No economy has been unscathed. No sort of, like, and I think that it, it has, COVID's been the great equalizer. As much as it has removed, removed many lives from our world, it's shown that athletes, politicians, t celebrities, they are just as likely to get COVID as we are, or they're as susceptible to COVID as we are. And I think that um, it helps, it helps show people that, you know, everybody is just a human um, and everybody is, whether they're a masker or anti-masker, or they believe that China created this virus on purpose to infect <laughs> the rest of the world and gain some global domination, or they don't believe nonsense like that. Like everyone is, is still suffering with this together. And I think sometimes, you know, you can pull at least we might get a few weeks out of unity once the vaccine hits global uh, sort of scale. Um, I mean, then we're going to have the whole anti-vax morons um, out there too that are going to continue to cause that division. But, that's on them. Um, to me, then at that that's point, on that's on them. And if they want to, you know, go suffer, then that's their choice. Yeah. You have the, you Sadly, can, though, you when, have when they don't vaccine... Yeah, when they don't vaccinate, though, it, it is the rest of the world that suffers as well. Yep. So hopefully they, we can get enough people to vaccinate where we can hit that 70% in order to get herd immunity. And I think what you're saying leads into this other piece where I feel hopeless and then thankful. And I think mm -hmm. you're, you really nailed it with it. It's We're never going to not fight, but we can do our part. And... Here's my example is yesterday, 
I got, uh, I wrote, I saw a friend had put up something on like Instagram or something. He's a guy who's like keeps, has gone at me a lot for political stuff, even though I really don't go at him and don't do that much about it. Like in terms of negativity, but he's still like just part, like boom, boom, boom. He just goes. And so I'd taken a break from this guy. And I saw he'd put up something that was just nice. So I said, oh, excellent. That's really cool. And then immediately afterwards, I look at my text or not my, my I don't know. One of the, there's so many things. I'm even going to get to a new thing I'm doing. But he immediately just wrote me about how, see, about the media is fake and the fraud and all this stuff. And I, I just wrote him back this because he's, off a little bit of the deep end with this politics stuff and with this Trump fraud. I don't, I don't even know. I can't even, I don't even want to begin to understand what's in his brain, but I just wrote him. I said, Hey man, I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm not here to try to convince you of one thing or another. I was bringing up something that had nothing to do with politics because it looked cool what you were doing. And if you're here to talk about that, great. If not, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a pass on, uh, on these discussions. And it's really, and I was doing that before Biden won two of them, because I think one thing we can do is not engage in the fight. You don't need to engage in the fight. If we want unity, like Joe Biden has been talking about a lot. And like we all, I think want in some form, we want to push toward it. I'm going to be doing some work on that in my film world is at least to get some people unified because right now we're so split. So to, we don't need to be part of the problem. We can be thankful that we can be part of the solution. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that's an interesting approach. I mean, I will say this. Um, I do think that there was a lot of promises and everybody's very happy with, you know, many people are very happy with the way the election turned out. There's a message of hope and unity. I do think that we absolutely need to hold this new administration's feet to the fire because if that was all just campaign promises, we have to absolutely eviscerate and destroy them and dismantle them in the same way that we did with Trump because that, that I mean, here, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a firm APAB person. And if you're familiar with ACAB, um, you know, which was the, uh, you know, a lot of protesters were saying, you know, all cops are bastards. I believe in APAB where all politicians are bastards. And, um, you know, we did pull down one administration of pure evil. And as far as I'm concerned, every administration is, is pure evil. Um, and I'm, I'm open to being proven wrong. However, I, don't, I do not want us to lose that energy. If this was all just talk, this idea of unity, and then we go back to partisanship and we go back to forgetting why half the country, I don't think half the country was racist. I think half the country had their reasons. Many of them rooted in ignorance or or just taking a blind eye to white supremacy and many other issues. But I don't think that is every single person that voted for it. You have half the country that is going through their own pain and chooses to just to, to put their focus in certain places that you know you or I may not agree with. But if we go back to ignoring them and we go back to otherizing and we don't actually bring unity, I want the media and I want the internet to destroy Joe Biden just as hard as they destroyed Trump for what his division has done. So I'm excited. I hope everybody keeps that energy and doesn't start sleeping on it just because we're now a blue White House versus a red white house. 
I think you bring up a really good point because, and this is where I'm thankful, is that we can do our part. Uh, we saw what people did when Trump took power. They rose to be these, like all these people came out of like the bushes as these like white supremacists and all this stuff that we just were appalled by. We can't do the same. We need to figure out ways to bring messages of unity to ourselves. And we have to hope and hold accountable those leaders who are, uh, hope, we hope doing the same. I have hope that they will. I also know that just like Trump proved, there are things that are out of our control, but I want to, I really hope that we can start doing our part. Now we still have a couple months of hell before that happens. But um, once January 20th hits, once there's a new administration, I think we as the, the majority, um, by six, I think it was about 6 million votes. So 6 million more Americans chose one, this path, this path of unity. Now what can we do about it on our own to uphold that promise that we did with our vote and let's hope that the people that we chose to represent us can do the same. Yeah, and I hope so too. And I, I put I put all the focus on the people that promise that unity from a political standpoint. I don't think that half the country voted for unity. I think half the country voted anti-Trump. And I think many of them had unity in mind. But I think that it this 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 country is still so insanely divided. It is going to continue to be so insanely divided. And if we have the politicians that promise things, you know, the, you know, we, we talked about Trump putting people in cages, setting up all this stuff. I mean, it was it was the previous administration. It was Joe Biden and Obama that runs that created those cages. I'm tired of exp- thinking things are going to be OK once people make promises and just start to take office. And I'm going to give this man the benefit of the doubt because I voted for him and I'm excited for for what he's promised, you know. But if he doesn't fulfill that promise and if he doesn't lead by example, we have to hold his feet to the fire and we cannot lose the tenacity. We can't lose the energy that everybody, like the world was out protesting. The eyes were on America because Americans finally gave up of, you know, got tired of, you know, innocent black men being killed with police brutality. They got tired of a lot of different, they got tired, you know, during the four years administration, they got tired of the way women are treated in the workplace and how that's just been overlooked. And now we had a person that took office. That's the way, the way he talks about women. People rose up. I do not want people to stop rising up until things are finished. I do not want people to, to, to feel like now that we have Joe Biden in office, that things are going to be fine because they're not going to be. And we need to continue no. to hold our leaders accountable. And I saw so, more than that. It's that there's been so much damage done in these last four years to, to make unity be a thing that America is not about. We are not the United States of America right now at all, not even close. So, don't think that on January 21st, everything's going to be fixed. And don't think one politician could do it. Zero people in this planet could do what needs to be done within a month, a year, two years. It takes all of us. It takes the collective and then the leaders to keep working on some initi- on the initiatives to do the same. It's a, it's a group effort as I look at it. And uh, anyone thinking there's just some magic answer is uh, fooling themselves. And... But I'm gonna here. I'm gonna just quickly hope Kong, hope, the hope with an elephant for for Thanksgiving, the the, the Thanksgiving elephant. <laughs> I love that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. I mean, 
I think we both got, I think that what I'm thankful for is we are still in a country where we can revolt against our leaders, where we can say these things, where we can be critical. And I think that I'm grateful that you and I could have this frank discussion also where we we don't, we don't just, we're not going to, to stay complacent, be complacent now that the big bad scary guy is gone. Like, so I, I'm, I'm thankful that people are going to continue to be skeptical and growing more and more skeptical of the media, going more and more skeptical of our leaders to the point where they realize that change is something that has to be consistently monitored and pushed versus something that you vote for once every four years. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that people are like, you know, and it's, and it starts with, you know, everything from the late night comics to, you know, it's great to now that we can move away from Trump material, who, what are we going to just try and roast about the current administration? There's new jokes that are lined up, right? There's also new sorts of memes that are coming up. And I think that we will hopefully identify new targets, new, new people that are holding America back from progress. And now this is putting, you know, and, and I think that as both parties take criticism, as both parties, we see their faults in both. That's the only way these parties can get better. Um, and so I'm excited that now there is a new regime that has a responsibility of meeting some baseline expectations with generally most parties and most administrations have failed for forever. So I'm excited for that. So let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And these, there's a couple quick ones here based on that we want to find some thankfulness in. And, and one I found thankfulness in is I it was on NPR. Because sometimes I can be sophisticated, actually. I don't know if you knew about me, about this, about me. I can be sophisticated and listen to NPR and just feel smart. I actually do it and while looking in the mirror. And I just will listen to NPR, listen to the story, look in the mirror and just think, Wow, I'm so you you can watch your eyebrows get bushier. bushier and you're like, oh yeah. I feel my like I feel my library that I don't have get gets more full of intellectual books. Like everything just gets better as I'm listening to NPR. I just I feel like I'll add to whoever I see next at a market or something. I can just jump in and immediately like let's say I'm next to someone in the squash aisle at Whole Foods. I can just immediately jump in with some insightful message from NPR. And so I feel, yes, yeah, so I was listening to NPR. <laughs> so little tangent, I was listening to NPR feeling great about myself and Obama was being interviewed and they said something to him that I found to be funny. And I think this is where we need to uh, also realize some of what we were up against during these past four years was just pure stupidity with people not knowing what they're talking about. Because they said they polled X amount of Republicans, what they thought of Obamacare. And they all said, Obamacare must go, it is terrible for our country. Even though a lot of them use it. But then they said, and what do you think of the Affordable Care Act? And they said, oh, that's great. Because a lot of them actually use it. And to me, that was, that gave me thankfulness that like, especially Trump has just ingrained these basic platitudes that people don't even know what they, what they're talking about, because a lot of these people are using Obamacare so that they can get coverage during a pandemic, during this time. And this is saving, especially people with pre-existing conditions, all that stuff. And they, so they're hating something just because this orange dude says, hate it because he wishes it was called Trump care. And 
And I just thought like, this just shows where there is hope in 2021 that we can re-educate. So people, who cares what it's called? Just say it's the thing that helps you. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine though, if a Trump care was passed, just how the other half of the country would just freak out. Oh, they yeah. wouldn't want anything to do with it. Like, even if there was like the exact same thing and they just rebranded it, like it's, that's what I love. This is hilarious. And one sec, you know, one sec, bro, and I got interrupt. I got yeah. defrost by Trump steak. <laughs> I, w- I, you know, I think one thing is, 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 you know, is, is that, that, that is a very hilarious study, by the way. Um, and Obama laughed. And- He's like, call it whatever you want. His answer, which I told the woman in the whole food squash aisle, I is his answer was, I don't care what people call it. It helps people. I'm really proud. It's the most, it's the proudest thing he, he did in his administration was do that because he said he saved lives, which is true. Yep. And got rid of pre-existing conditions, enabled people to be able to, you know, access it from all various income levels. Like there were some amazing things that came out of it and not everything's perfect. And he's even admitted nothing's perfect. It's going to take a long time till we find healthcare that works, that does two things, provides access, affordable access to everyone and good care, but also doesn't, we, nobody loves the DMV. Nobody wants to see the DMV running healthcare in the sense that that like if you look at that efficiency and then you see the way that in a lot of other countries that have universal healthcare, you got to wait months in line to see the doctor. You don't have like the best training and all these services. We want to avoid that. But I think we made so much progress those few years ago. We have something to build on. That's what you know, said. we have people and that and that's and that's a great start. And I think whatever the hell it's called, like I think everybody is excited that we have at least made some progress and I hope to continue that progress really fucking soon. Yeah. Like I think Obama said it well. He said, I want to tell you that the thing that I like the most about Obamacare is it's a blueprint, a blueprint for our country for the future. I couldn't agree more, Aaron. I think your Obama voice is much better than mine. Way better. Um, about cool. Yeah. So now you have another, do you have a topic with a bullet point Kanye? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Kanye, Kanye. I quit Kanye uh, earlier. I remember. I I just was like disgusted because you hate art, bro. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what? What? Well, I hate it. I've, I've supported him. I've been to like, I've probably seen him five times in concert, maybe more. And, uh, and then I, Remember, like two of them were really, really good, especially his Coachella set. And then he did something at the Hollywood Bowl with just um, uh, my dark, the beautiful fantasy album. Uh, mm-hmm. He played that like in a row. That was it. That was the show. And with a, or with a choir of like 50. And that was really cool. It's actually this, this week is the 10 year anniversary of the release of that. I also wow. got to see Kanye. So I brought a lot of Kanye memories came back to me. That's why I bring him up because I realized now that he didn't destroy our election and he didn't, you know, mess up things and the election went the way it needed to go. Um, I'm back to just looking at Kanye as an artist and a person who I have enjoyed in the past. And now I can listen to his music again. I even remember seeing him go batshit crazy in person. Uh, when that album came out, the um, the Love Lockdown album, eight oh eights and heartbreaks, eight oh yeah, um, yeah, best his best album, yep, 
that oh that's the one i saw live yeah um so i was i had friends who were still they're still there at jimmy kimmel and uh so i'd go a lot and just watch the artists that i thought were cool and that album or that single had just come out and i was on stage when he did the song like seven times because he kept messing up and getting mad at himself and yelling at everyone around him so i actually forgot that i'd seen a kanye meltdown and in person and it reminded me that i do want more of that now that he's not like infiltrating our society and he's just an artist and a bit of a nut i want to watch more kanye meltdowns and i feel privileged that i got to see one on a stage because he had these drummers and stuff and it was the love lockdown the love and he just kept messing up but he'd blame everyone and he blamed the staff there it was really funny and uh i'm excited for more kanye now now that he didn't yeah, drop I, everything and you know and I, I gotta say he kanye was on the ballot across 12 states um I was so close to checking his name in the California ballot, but I obviously didn't because um, it doesn't matter what you vote with the Electoral College. I, I could have voted for a, like Marvin the Martian. It wouldn't have made a difference. We're going blue. Um, but uh, he got 60,000 votes across the 12 states where he was on the ballot. That is 60,000. Put that next to Joe Jorgensen. Put that next to you know any of the third party candidates. Those are more and more people that are willing to look at a third party um, those are more people that I think, I think Kanye did nothing but good for the election process because he opened more people's eyes, even though I don't, no offense, Kanye, I do not think you would be a great president. Um, <laughs> no, he'd be terrible, I'm, maybe better, yeah, Trump, I mean, but he'd be terrible. Everything that he did was fucking poetic and artful. Dude, even his resignation or his like, you know, his tweet after, you know, he didn't win the election. He just tweeted, Welp, W-E-L-P, just Welp. And that was it. Like, <laughs> that is art. Like, what a guy. How do I love the guy? I'm so happy he ran. I'm so happy he just brought chaos. I thrive on chaos. We need chaos. Chaos is the only, you know, you can't make a, you can't make, uh, an oyster can't make a pearl without a little sand. Ooh. Kanye West is that sand. So I will always respect him for what he did with this election. I will always respect him for just everything he said, everything he did, because he said a lot of things that people are thinking and people are afraid to say, um, as crazy as some of those things might be. Um, and thank you so much, Kanye West, for your service this year. And yes, thank you. And uh and I'm glad it didn't actually mess things up, but it also gives hope for us because we have the logic party, which is not red or blue. It's we are an independent party called the logic party, bringing logic back to our uh, society. So we don't have party lines that people follow no matter what, which is to me, it's just tribalism at its worst. And so we're the logic party and Kanye gave hope to the logic party that we have a chance to uh, be president and vice president someday and change the world for the better. Maybe we could get 60,000 votes. <laughs> I would like fill Dodger Stadium with with our votes. Yeah, I mean, I'd be that's that that's pretty impressive. I want to see everybody that voted for Kanye in one stadium and it would be the wildest party. Yeah. Uh so but I think oh, there's a real quick thing that I'm thankful for is I thought of this 
with the the speaking of Kanye. Wait, let me give Kanye a uh, a hope gong. Ready for it? Yep. All right. Here comes the Kanye hope gong. That was a lone wolf. I'll do oh, it again. Okay. I thought I heard it. I heard thought I heard a little whelp, a little wolfy whelp. Whoop. Oh, there it is. That sounded just like Kanye's tweet. Yeah, that's a Kanye whelp. So speaking of that, I just want to say that when uh, when Rudy was sweating brown, I just thought of the song Moves Like Jagger, and I think it should be changed to Sweat Like Rudy. You'll sweat like Rudy. You're going to sweat like Rudy. That's it. That's the end. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that 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 moment that we just had right now. I liked it. Um, another thing I want to bring up is just another thing to be thankful for um, because I've gotten a lot of them this year, a whole lot. And I, Aaron, I don't know how many you've gotten, but I, I, I from the phone calls to the response to the emails um, is scammers. And there are so many degenerates out there on Craigslist, on OfferUp, um, or just even people just trying to call my phone for me to pay off my student loans. Um, uh, I, I don't have any remaining loans. Um, but thank you for your interest in that. Um, so I just want to say, wait, wait, really wait, before that you, you get a hope gong. Thanks. Thankful gong for not having that ready. <laughs> these scammers are the goat. Do you know why Aaron Do you know why I'm thankful for all these scammers? Why? Because honestly, it just gives me someone to abuse on these various emails without f- actually, because once you start becoming a scammer, you stop being a human in my mind and I can treat you like the degenerate you are. <laughs> and just, I can be so abusive back in my emails. I can screenshot you and post you on my Instagram stories as I've done recently oh, I when I was that. just selling my old iPhone. And it's just, it's, it's really fun being able to, cause I don't like to abuse people, but when you can bully somebody that deserves it, it's actually pretty fun. Um, and trolling these scammers has just been been such a, a boon to my creativity. So if you have emailed me there about trying to buy my iPhone at $800 less than I'm asking, thank you. If you are someone that's saying that you're going to pay by wire and you're going to pay me $200 more than I'm asking, despite me saying cash only, thank you. Um, because you have let me unleash so much angst and so much rage that I've just had pent up. Um, I've been really grateful for it. So as that's that's I'm thankful for scammers this Thanksgiving. I just want to tell you one thing before I hope gone it. Those were all me. <laughs> and I would like to apologize for the horrible things I've said to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's uh let's hope gong uh that. Let's Thanksgiving hope gong it with another really good one. Are you ready for it? What animal is that? It's a duck quack. <laughs> the duck quack, 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 quack. Um, so uh, one more thing uh, before we get to the mailer game is just I want to talk about just another thing I'm thankful for. Um, and it's something that I came out in so much sort of hatred for, misplaced hatred a few years ago, but was the ice bucket challenge. And I'm actually going to get serious for a second because oh, this is sad. Um, the a man by the name of Patrick Quinn. He was the co-creator of the ALS ice bucket challenge before I even knew it was for charity. I was like, Oh God, I keep getting nominated for this thing. I'm not putting cold water on my head. You guys can go fuck yourselves. Um, and then I learned what it was about. 
Um, and I was like, okay, I guess it's an interesting thing to do. And it's still, I was like, I'm not going to do it cause I don't want to dump cold water on my head. Um, but this man, he died at the age of 37 and he was a co-founder of it. Um, and ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, you know, is a very, very serious muscular, you know, uh, type of, you know, sclerosis neuron disease. It's like, it, it it's, and, and they raised in his, since he started it, the ice bucket challenge raised $220 million for research around ALS. And I'm thankful for the people that are doing these challenges as, as much. I'm like, Oh God, another one in my feed. I'm grateful for everybody that did it. I'm grateful for people, you know, I guess the dozen people that nominated me and the dozen people that were not upset that I just refused to even acknowledge it. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy that we have the internet and we have stupid memes that I do make fun of all the time, but sometimes they do end up for good. And I'm thankful that someone, you know, I'm sad that he couldn't celebrate a final Thanksgiving with his family, but that people, people like Patrick Quinn that are using the internet and trying to do fun things. Um, and as much as I make fun of so much of what's on the internet, um, I think it, it's wonderful that this man was able to make such a huge impact in his very short life. Um, so thanks, Patrick Quinn. I think we should, yeah, in terms of, as we move on with the show, I think uh, we want to uh, hope gong and thankful gong his life and what he did because that's an amazing accomplishment. Oops, that's the wrong one. But that did sound like a bucket of ice just being dropped on the ground. So that's that probably pretty appropriate. That was pretty appropriate. And also because we're a little sad he died, but also we are a lot sad he died, but also grateful for his life. Here's the hope. Here's the thankful button for him. <laughs> yes. The baby is young life. So that's yeah. great. So yeah, so you start. And it's sad, but it's also amazing what someone in their short life dealt really tough cards was able to do. Yeah. So big ups to you, Mr. Quinn. Mr. Quinn, not Brady. Um, he doesn't have as much. So, no. uh, so now we're going to the mailer game. And again, we're still going to find thankfulness in all the, in the last few pieces of our show. Um, the mailer game. So Rohit, are you ready for something that I got today? And again, the mailer game, which is almost over probably, I hope, <laughs> uh, is, uh, that I have signed up for both, uh, Trump's and Biden's mailers to, uh, just to analyze their tactics and see what they're doing and learn about both campaigns. And basically also, so we can play this game of guests who sent the mailer. Something happened yesterday. I uh, got an order number in an email because I apparently purchased something. What did you buy? Can you guess who sent me the order number? Was it Mr. Joseph Biden? I got you. No, it was Donald Jackass Trump. <laughs> is that is it's Donald J. Trump, right? So it's Jackass. It has to yeah. Be, uh, or Josephine. Donald Josephine Trump. So I got an order. So I see an email that says your order number from Donald Trump. I'm like, wait, did someone like order something on my behalf for Trump now after he's lost? The like, I'm very confused. So I click in the email and you know what the email is? 
It was a. It's it's just a please donate to our campaign that's over so that we can fight the fraud. And oh, that, so the order number was just clickbait. They like were saying that I bought something so I could click on it, which I did to just then get me to give like, I think, you know, their minimum is like $8,000. Dude, you know, if somebody really hated you, like really truly hated you, um, they could totally donate to MAGA with your name publicly and then use your email address and then you would forever be on this list. Yep. And yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's, it seems like with these emails, somebody may already have had done that. But, they're just trying to trick you. It's like crazy. Yeah, and they even oh, tricked funny. Rohit. Like, because yeah. it's, and it's true, it is forever linked to you because uh, I saw, sadly, the, uh, the Undertaker, the wrestler, one of the best of all time, and really someone that you and I grew up watching. Yep. And not grew up watching as in like watched just as kids. Grew up watching as in watched as of like a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He retired. Mm -hmm. Uh, His name's Mark Calloway. And then also in his thing, it says he also donated $7,000 to Trump's campaign. It's like in his like retirement thing because they track it. So it's like forever the, the real person, Mark Calloway, who's the undertaker, has donated to Trump's campaign. So that was like, oh man. But I mean, are you are, are you talking about former WWE wrestler Donald J. Trump? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. As much as as, as 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 unpopular as this 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 outgoing president has been, how many men in office have also battled in the squared circle? All right. And I just I just gotta throw that out there. Just throw it out there. Some things were based. Some things were pretty cool. A lot of it not. But the fact that we had a president <laughs> that slammed a steel chair in Vince McMahon's head on national television, we have to admit <laughs> it was pretty epic. That so, might have been his. That might have been his peak. That was his peak. Yeah. That was his life peak. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he. And so I'm guessing some of these people, the the wrestlers supported him because they knew him. Yeah. Um, I mean. When was the last time Joe Biden put on a, a wrestling suit and jumped off the top turnbuckle? Nope. He hasn't done it. I don't remember Bush doing it. Obama, nope. I think maybe he did it masked, but he never yeah. revealed his identity. I, we don't know. We don't know all the secrets of wrestling. But uh, anyway, so the mailer game, you were tricked. Uh, yep. And uh, so now we are going to our thankfulness. We're going to get hope from these debates. We have a couple debates before we uh, round up the show. Are you are you ready to debate? Oh, I'm ready. So the first debate is the lockdown. So the country in many places, now including the red states, because you know, you know, they said it won't happen, right? Like, you know, the red state, the, the smaller places in these red states won't get it. South Dakota, you know what their positivity rate is as of today? I do not. 60%. Six zero. <laughs> like most of South Dakota has COVID. <laughs> like there's all fifty-seven of them. <laughs> and if I if my math is right, that means thirty-two of them have thirty-two of the fifty-seven have COVID. <laughs> Which we're not we're not laughing, but we are totally laughing. Oh, we're very much laughing. Yeah. So my question to you Rohit is at what point 
do you think lockdowns go too far? In South Dakota, they obviously didn't go far enough. Because, and the governor of that is still saying it's a hoax, even though like half, more than half of her 57 constituents are dying. She still thinks it's a hoax. So what do you think? Because now most big cities, Los Angeles is in a lockdown. Uh, again, we're basically right back where we were in uh, April for the most part. Restaurants are closed. All that's happening this week for like a month at least. So wh what do you think about, is there a too far with lockdowns? Is there a not far enough? I have an opinion, but I'm asking you first. Well, I think that, honestly, I do think that we can go too far. And, and you know, I um, I did post this meme and I see that, I don't know if I want to take away your talking points, um, you know, on my meme account a few days ago. Um, but I do think that there, if you look at the the, the rest, uh, look what's happening in Europe. And, dude, they're about to hit their third wave, right? And the, the virus keeps mutating. You know, they just, they just killed over a million minks. Um, I forgot where in Europe, um, because they think, oh, that, that caused a, a viral mutation of the coronavirus. So I think that we can, it helps, but right now we are still spitting into the wind with like these lockdowns. We're like, it, it's kind of like trying to get everybody locked down is, is like that scene in episode in Arrested Development where Job was supposed to mail a letter. Um, and he kept forgetting and then he's just so upset. He's just yeah. throwing the letter into the ocean and there's the wind just to see where he just brings it back every single time. That has been the efficacy of lockdowns. And I'm saying lockdowns are a good thing, but human nature, we are now seeing people, you know, we, you watch those horror movies and everybody's like, dude, it's the middle of a freaking like scary thing that's happening on screen as an audience. We're scared, but they're going outside or they're walking to that scary basement or there's a huge tornado and they're outside looking out. That's what people are doing, right? And I think, I never saw Bird Box, but I remember someone just even oh, recently yeah. comparing it to that. It's like, why are they going outside? Nothing will stop human condition and the human condition defaults to stupid. Um, <laughs> and so I think we can institute all the lockdown, lockout, lockdowns that we want. But what's going to happen is um, I think the more strict we make them, the angrier people are going to get. And um, people's, people are dying, but people's livelihoods are dying as well. So I'm telling you, it doesn't, my, my opinion in this debate is like, it doesn't make a difference how strict we make it. People are not going to follow it and people are going to get more upset the stricter we make it. So that's a great debate point. I, I'm going to get a little more tactical with it. And I mean, people are stupid. We know that we have both have to look in the mirror every day. So it's obvious. Oh yeah. We are prime examples, prime examples, a little more tactical. Cause I think the people who have just said, open the economy, herd immunity, let people die, whatever, or they don't care. They don't believe in it and stuff. I mean, they're just idiots. Like that's just not true. Um, to treat, like, treat it like there's nothing is just pure stupidity. And also goes against, even though Trump said it forever, it goes against, if you just think about it for two seconds, to just open up the economy and let people get more sick is going to hurt the economy. If you just open it up completely, like pretend nothing's happened, then mm -hmm. half the country gets sick and 
they said if they would have done that, like two million people would be dead. And yeah. the economy just totally crashes. So you can't do that. So they, when they say that, because their small business is hurting and all this argument, it's like, yes, that's true. But that's so short-sighted, just like most of uh, Trump's everything, life. Um, I'm, my, my Trump steak is almost defrosted, so let me go get it. But all of his ideas, so many of those ideas, Trump University, I mean, all this stuff, and now the Trump, that, that whole concept is just dumb to me. Now, on the flip side, like Los Angeles is an example with restaurants and stuff. They adapted. Los Angeles has been, I think, very on the, on the whole, very responsible with this. It's a huge city, second biggest in the country. And they adapted. So never went inside. People, you know, restaurants have built these outdoor areas. And so then to just close all that, even though it's been responsible, and to have these 10 o'clock curfews when the weather's warm and people want to be out after, it's, I think you're doing the opposite at this point. It's going, it's doing the opposite stupid. Yeah. And also you have like people like Pelosi and Garcetti, the rules for thee, but not for me, going to public gatherings, Pelosi closing down an entire uh, oh, sort of hair of salon. Dude. So not yeah, Garcetti. it's like you're thinking of Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Sorry, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Apologies to Mr. Garcetti. Yes, Gavin Newsom. So you have our even our leadership that's not taking it seriously, but they expect everybody else to. They're setting horrible examples. And I agree with you, man. It's like, and Ina was even saying this, you know, a few weeks ago. She's like, dude, if we just like lock down like the rest of the world for just a couple weeks, just like two, three weeks, just got serious about it, we could have reopened and then do another lockdown. Instead of having it be this one consistent hemorrhaging, you know, we could have done it in waves and just accepting the fact that there is no stopping this disease. There's only controlling the spread. It's like a fire. It's a controlled fire at this point. And there's no extinguisher. Mm-hmm. But what we have to do is get the right amount of water, just isolate it, and then just let it burn out, um, You know, reduce the oxygen. And I think that what we've done is just open the windows, no mass, all this kind of stuff. And, um, and we haven't had a united front and we haven't had a concentrated lockdown. And I don't know if this, this country is almost too big to institute that. So it has to happen on a state-by-state basis. And in many states, many counties, many parishes, they're not enforcing these rules. Um, so no matter how strict it is, we're, America is going to continue to be an example because of its sheer size, its sheer number of people. Like, I don't know how effective any lockdown is going to be. Until everybody gets vaccinated, we are going to be messed up. And especially in Los Angeles, we've done, people do wear masks. People do yep. overall act responsibly. And the restaurants have done a good job of making it social distance and stuff. And so to put a curfew and put and close restaurants again is to me just like the, it's going the other extreme of dumb, especially in the, and it's like winter, but LA is still nice out. People are going to, I, I, people are, I think have a right to be mad because now what? So now all of December, you're just doing nothing again. Yeah. You're punishing the rest of the, us for the, what the rest of the country is exactly. done. So it's, it's, yeah. And it's dude. And I've messed up myself. I was, I, I brought you to the doctor the other day so she could be on a conference call on a video call while I was driving. Cause I actually had an open block in my work schedule. And then, then I had my calls while she was just uh, in the waiting, just like routine stuff. But, uh, so then I'm like in the car working. I'm like, Oh, I should put money in the, in the meter. Um, and the little machine. So I walked to the parking deck meter and I'm putting my card in selecting, you know, adding time. And there's a lady waiting behind me. The machine's taking a while. I'm like, hello. 
And then she just gives me this nasty look. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, <gasps> I forgot to wear my mask. It was in the, it was on the driver's seat. Oh, and no. I was like, oh crap. So I was like, so I, put it I was like, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And it's just like, cause I just walked out of the car and I just literally didn't think about it. And I felt like such a dick. Um, I mean, because but yeah, it's, yeah, it's even like, what yeah, I was, but even like innocent mistakes for people that are well-meaning, you know, it's how, how there's these lockdowns are not hundred percent effective, but I'm happy that California, I wish the rest of the country would act like California has versus California overcompensating yes. for what the rest of the country is not going to do anyway. So exactly. it's, yeah. So that, that's just where I'm coming from. Wow. Um, we just solved but, Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, what are you saying? We just solved. I believe we just solved what should happen. We really should run this country. Uh, I'm going to listen. No, to we shouldn't. Well, you can, not me, man. This country would go down in flames if I was to run it. <laughs> oh, I didn't say we do a good job. I just think oh, no, we yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> oh, we'd be very entertaining. Um, yeah. The best fireside speeches and town halls ever. Um, oh, yeah, it would be. Uh, so... Should we uh, move to Hopeless TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unless was there one? Yeah, I think Hopeless TV, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Hopeless TV. We're finding thankfulness in Hopeless TV. I have one for you, Rohit. Watch that show, The Queen's Gambit. Yes. Enjoyed it. Very entertaining. And then I saw, and actually from a couple of friends, heard some backlash that it was not... It was like woke people, woke people, science. I think there's a way, to, there's a ability to be too woke. And they were saying that it wasn't showing women in the right light. And it wasn't showing African-Americans in the right light. And it was showing, it was backtracking on society. And I'm just like, it's a period piece. And it's entertaining. Yeah. Like, give me hope because there's people, I think, who get too woke. It's like, you don't need to go like super woke. Just like California doesn't need to go super, like shut down. Yeah. It's, it's people that are just overcompensating. I mean, there is this, I think there is generally a backlash to people trying to like over, overwoke it. I mean, you know, I think there, there's an important movement even happening right now. It's the anti-racism movement, you know, and people are usually trying to just like root out their own internal biases. Um, and there's this woman named Robin D'Angelo. Um, she is uh, an anti-racism icon as she's called herself. Um, it was just revealed that, um, wait, is she called herself that? Uh, she's like, she's like refers to herself as like a leader of the anti-racism movement and all that. And she does talks and it was just revealed that she just got paid more than a black woman to do the same job. Oh. Um, and so the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy is out of control. Yeah. And I think that, I think we overcorrect in many places. And I think sometimes it helps. It's a rubber band effect, right? Sometimes you have to pull really hard in one place to, to hit, to hit some sort of, you know, progress, but there'll always be a snapback. And the harder you pull that rubber band, the further and further you pull it to the point of the tension where it shouldn't be pulled, you're going to have some snapback. And I think what's happening is this rubber band is continuing to be pulled and I think with people that are complaining about a, a period piece that takes place in the fifties and the sixties, actually really reflecting what I think a pretty hyper aware sort of, uh, you know, for people back then, um, bit of position I, I, is, is crazy is right? crazy. And I think that, um, you're going to see a backlash. And I think that we'll, we'll at least we're going to 
still shift towards a place of more racial awareness. But sometimes when things just are out of control um, in terms of just people being insane hypocrites, I think and just people not understanding how history actually was, um, you're going to start to see the pull back, but we'll still be in a better place than where we started. Um, but yeah, there's, there's like, like, do you have to, should they have had a name your pronoun gambit? Yeah. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) I, I I identify as Bishop and Bishop, uh, Bishette. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, 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 that's a bit, that's a bit sad because I think that's the best show of the year. Uh, yeah, it was the least, at least the most entertaining. I was, it was just like seven episodes of pure entertainment. Brilliant directing, cinematography, the acting, the writing, the costumes, like the casting. I thought it was fantastic. The money spent. Uh, I mean, they must have spent a fortune making that show. Yeah. So worth the money it. spent. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. So yeah. I guess uh, we'll do our conclusion things, which are hope in 60 seconds. Are you ready yep. for it? Oh, I'm ready. Let me start the timer since. Uh, oh, wait, let's see. Let's hope gong uh, all the things we just did. Because yes. Because what was that? That was the wrong one. That was a tea kettle, it sounded like. It was a tea kettle. But I am going to, let's hope on all the things we just did with crickets. Yes, the, the, the crickets of applause, as, as is very common in the entertainment industry. Um, so why don't we do hope in 60 seconds? I'm going to start your timer now. All right. This is going to religion. The Pope today said that MAGA rallies, which I guess are still happening, um, he compared them to rallies for Hitler. That's what the Pope said. And I felt a bit hopeless hearing that because I've kind of thought it, but to hear the Pope say it, that's kind of big. Help me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of weird. I mean, the same Pope who was just kind of busted for liking uh, a bikini model's post. Um, hey, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty chill. Um, <laughs> so he's he has done some cool things. Um, but again, we have people that are supposed to be unifiers that are not doing that. So I, I, I think that does feel a bit, um, a bit hopeless. But if anything, maybe it'll open up more people to religion that they feel it's not exclusively you know, an authoritarian right-wing type thing. That's, you know, so maybe it'll open people up to think, you know, some of these rallies maybe are going overboard and we shouldn't be a part of them. And people will examine their own behavior because some of those mega rallies were built in hatred. Um, So maybe we'll examine their own thing. So maybe the Pope is on point. He was being a little, uh, it sounds like he was doing more of a, uh, of a hot take, but it was, you know, maybe there'll be some good that comes out of it with bringing new people into faith or just showing that faith also evolves with the times. You know, it was, it was just a few hundred years ago that the church was burning people at the stake for saying the world was earth was round. So, you know, the, the, you know, it has moved on. It has evolved. Um, so he's the, so, woke pope. yeah, he's the woke Pope. Um, and uh, one more. Oh, yeah. Ready? So I think a lot of us, with the, there was the racial injustice. There were some shootings and killings. But we forgot in our society during this pandemic that there's also mass shootings in our country that are one of the biggest problems. And this week alone, there was one in Atlanta. There was one in Milwaukee. Um, and it made me feel hopeless because I'm like, oh, yeah, 
when society settles back down, we have shootings everywhere and mass shootings and people go around shooting people uh, and shooting. So give me hope because I just think that this is another thing that's a huge problem that we forgot was a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, some might say it's a return to normalcy, um, <laughs> but mass shootings are, you know, now that people are out there, um, I don't know if I could find hope for mass shootings except for the fact that um, maybe people, instead of focusing on an election, can go back to focusing on the real issues because we're hearing about it again. Yeah. And I, that doesn't mean that they weren't happening. I, I don't actually don't know if mass shootings truly weren't happening because the media has only been talking about Donald Trump and the election for the past you know, two years. Um, and especially during COVID, there's been, you know, so many other things have been happening with the world. Um, so let's focus back on the issues and the fact that they're being highlighted again means something. Um, although I did recently see that there was um, some tactical, like sort of bulletproof backpacks and everything that have been released for children recently. So, um, uh, but yes, you're right. We have to yeah. focus on these issues too and get back to them instead of focusing on this one dude who now doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, so finally, well, let me, let me hope gong that with a, with another sound. That's a dog. We have, we have. That sounds like an annoying dog. Very, very, um, very expensive uh, uh, soundboard. So, anyway, so finally, the submissions. Um, there is one big submission. Someone submitted a song. Joanne submitted a song that I would like to play. It is called B. Oh, no, it's not. Wait, one sec. It is called, because I just think it's very cool that we got a song. Um, there it is. It is called, it is Joanne Barton. She actually had like a hit song a while ago in more of the country realm, and she played it. So can I play a minute a minute of it? Because one, Yes, please. It is called, Be, I'm really thrilled. This song is called Be Kind by Joanne Barton. Everyone look it up on Spotify link. I like that. I mean, could play the whole song, but I like everyone's trying to make it through. I think that's a, a real truth to right now. What do you think? You know, I think it's actually it's also a nice change from a lot of music that is I listen to is generally about shooting and killing people. Because um, I do listen to a significant amount of rap, especially from the nineties. Um, so, Joanne, thank you for for bringing us hope too, and bringing us just like that. That that was really sweet and really nice going into Thanksgiving. You know, not to get all warm and fuzzy, but it means a lot that you would send us that song that you did yourself, and then you recorded, and it was it was a bop, you know. And so, congratulations on on putting that out there, um, and thanks for just even reminding us, you know, just even how you know I think with what we listen to and all our you know everything ladders up to what our intentions are. And I think we're trying to bring goodness into the world. It's important to bring that goodness into some of the everyday places where we're not on podcasts or, yeah. you know, talking to people. It's, yeah. So, so thank you for that. 
That was, and, and I guess that, that helps us wrap up this thankfulness uh, for this episode because I feel very, very grateful for what, and thankful for maybe not a lot from this year, but for what's to come. I am, it's, it's only moving forward. And I think we've covered a lot of topics today about how you can find thankfulness and gratefulness in hopelessness. And Joanne, thank you for ending us on that high note as we push forward into, uh, into December and then into the new year with hopefully a lot of things to uh, be hopeless about and find hope in and be thankful for. Yes. And, and, you know, and I think I would just like to, to end this show with saying what I'm most thankful for. Yeah. And maybe you should do the same, Aaron. I think um, for me, it's beyond my health, wealth, friends and family um, and everything and everyone that I have in my life. I'm most thankful this year that I'm not a turkey. <laughs> because I would be I would be in some brining solution right now. So thank God for not making me a turkey. How about wow. you, Aaron? Oh, wow. That's really, really hard to follow up. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's, I'm going to be a little more sentimental because I can't be funnier than that. Um, so I am, I am thankful, even though this Thanksgiving is very, very different than other Thanksgivings in my life, every other Thanksgiving in my life. Because we have these giant Thanksgivings as a family with like 50 people, 70 people. Not going to happen this year. So what... I am thankful for and is what's to come and that uh, we've, we've seen a lot of lows this year. So I am very thankful that we have a what's to come and we have a, we have a next, we have a let's, let's, let's build on, on all the stuff that happened this year with, with hope and with gratefulness for every day and thankfulness for, for what's to come. And I, to just follow up with what you said, I'm really, really glad I'm not a potato. <laughs> because every potato gets mashed during the yeah. year. And to me, that's almost worse than being just brined in an oven. Because to be mashed, like have a spatula taken to you and just get mashed like a potato after getting boiled just feels like a really painful death. So I'm just glad. Yeah. It's like, it's like communism. It's like, at least a Turkey is a center stage. It's a hero, but with, with a mashed potato, it's like you're just boiled in with all the other potatoes and you're mashed until you lose any form of your own identity. Um, so yeah. So actually it's probably better to be a Turkey. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so glad I'm not a, yeah. you know, you're glad you're not a Turkey. And uh, I mean, I'm a side dish. I would be a side dish. I like, I like, I don't get finished. That's the even thing. Like I get taken through that entire beating, entire like terrible death. And then once I'm on the plate, at least feed someone. But like usually the mashed potatoes like get half eaten and then thrown in the trash. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So your life has less worth. A potato's life is less worth than a turkey. Um, and I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but until then, um, you know, we didn't get to have our debate about the best side dishes, but I think oh, we yeah. all can agree. If it makes you feel better, it is mashed potatoes. And that, you know, um, but we're actually, yeah, I think that 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 might be my, oh, that's such a cop out. Really quick. All right. Besides the usual, actually, fine. I'll go with mashed potatoes. What is your ultimate Thanksgiving side dish? Pickled shit. Anything like literal, literal shit that, has been <laughs> <Yeah. made. laughs> that, well, that's good, but 
when when people bring pickled dishes, I love the random dishes that show up that aren't the things you expect. Because I'm always excited. Ooh, what's that going to be? So like, what was the thing? It was like pickled onions and pickles or something last year. Oh yeah, like those little red onions that are pickled. That stuff. I think those are really good, and I like it because like that person who brought that dish had the like the cojones to bring the thing that's like you don't like. So I always like the outsider dish. I'm going to say that the outsider dish. Good. I appreciate that. I appreciate you not being a normie with that answer. Like I was. Um, so that's a good way to, to close out. Um, Aaron, I wish you the happiest Thanksgiving to our listeners. We wish you the happiest Thanksgiving. Um, the best. Yes. Like we love you all. Thank you for listening to us go on and on. Um, and we really look forward to these last few episodes before 2021 and we have big ones so get ready and i'm yes the aaron wolf on social media you can write me anything you want and he is vohit for rohit with the number four and you can write him anything you want but beware because he'll probably repost it with something snarky yes yes especially if you're a scammer (laughs) um until then thank you very much and we will catch you on the next episode yeah, we did. That was a good show. Yeah.